the Cambridge Marketing Podcast with Kiran Kapoor. Brought to you by Cambridge Marketing College. See their range of courses and apprenticeships at marketingcollege.com. Hello and welcome. This week we are talking all about the customer and particularly customer centricity. And I'm delighted to be joined by Stu Cayley, Director of Customer Experience and Digital at the Chartered Institute of Marketing. Stu, welcome. You talk about customer centricity in your LinkedIn profile. So let's start with a, a definition. Sure. So customer centricity, it's quite simple. Um, it's just putting the customer at the, the heart of everything that you're doing, especially decisions and processes. So I get decisions. Why processes? So I think a lot of the time um, we can all get so bogged down in processes um, that actually you end up making life harder for the customer. And so by putting them at the heart of it when you're designing those processes or um, evaluating those processes, then really it's kind of putting your mind back into um, the space of the customer. Given that they don't know as much about the business as you do, so they're coming at it in a different perspective. Is that is that right? Yes, um, but also when you think about um, kind of uh, customer experiences that we all have as, as customers, um, when you kind of think, uh, what, what would be a good example? I guess anything to do with your local council, they're always a good one. Um, <laughs> when um, you try and book a service, you try and get hold of someone, and you have to continually jump through hoops, um, you know, it's fill in this form, fill in that form, phone here, um, send an email to there, etc. It's then you kind of can think they're clearly um, they have their own processes in in mind. You know they're forcing you as the customer to do X, Y, and Z um, because they haven't got an automated process in the background, for example, um, or that they they don't have the the people available to be able to do what they they need to do to minimise the impact on you by putting the customer at the heart of your process design, it's very much about minimizing what the customer has to do and making it as easy as possible for them to interact with you, um, be that a booking, be that a sale, um, anything like that. So we talk about the customer as though the customer is a, a single entity, but obviously every organization has multiple customers and the CIM you've got um, people that are being assessed by you and you've also got members. So how do you go about thinking about the customer? Do you divide them up? What do you do? So we have uh, customer segmentation here. Um, so we kind of first of all look at what somebody is trying to do with us. Um, we have multiple arms. So um, we've got kind of qualifications, we have training, we have um, membership. Um, we even have uh, people that come in and hire our event space. And so these are all different segments um, kind of, of, of our, our wider customer base. And then within that, we then divide people uh, depending on what they try to do. Um, we, we stop at segmentation uh, simply because I'm not a big fan of customer personas at all. Um, and so, yeah, we stop at segmentation. Okay, well, clearly I'm not going to be able to let that one pass. So why are you not a big fan of customer personas, which is 
often seen as the sort of the gold standard as of what you are supposed to do, develop your customers so that you know them, you can almost sort of touch them, you can you know, visualize them. I'm not a fan of personas. Um, I think they work in, in some environments um, and I think they can be incredibly good uh, when you're you know, doing specific things. But from my experience and working across kind of, uh, quite a few industries now, then what they tend to do is they stereotype and they also can stop you asking questions of your customers. So I think one of the key parts of customer centricity is always being curious about the customer, always seeking to understand more, always seeking to understand any changes in environment or, or anything like that. And when you have a persona, quite often you know, they can they can sit there for years and never change. And so I, I think they can they can trip trip you up when you're looking at uh, uh, customer behavior and and what you need to do to to help the customer. Okay, so you're not going into personas. So how do you do your segmentation and how do you do your understanding of customers? So it's funny enough, it's something that we're um, we're working on at the moment. And so we have developed our, our top line segmentation, which is kind of, as I mentioned before, very much based on what the customer is trying to do. And then we have uh, a set of kind of structures around customer journey mapping um, that we use to then understand what the customer is trying to do, um, have their interaction points with us, and also that then gives us our, our measurement points as well. At the moment, we don't have deep level segmentation um, because we're, we're just working to put all of that structure in place. Um, but the top line kind of segmentation is really working for us. Okay, so you, I, I know you are relatively new to the CIM and you have quite a, a varied industry background. Can you give me some examples of previous industries where perhaps you've put um, customer segmentation in and how what that looked like? One industry back, um, bar one, um, I was working in social housing. I worked in three different social housing uh, companies, all of them trying to do fantastic work um, with their customer base. But one thing that I found was there was a historic issue around how they viewed customers um, sometimes. Um, not all of them and not everyone in the company at all, but um, kind of how they saw the customers, uh, their needs and, and why, why they were um, a customer of that specific housing association. The segmentation that I put in place there was based around data mining that we did um, and based to so actual facts and based around what the customer was trying to do with the company at the time. So we did, uh, I'm trying to think of a specific example for you. Um, so we did a lot of work on um, people moving into new houses. Um, a lot of the time, you know, it was a very stressful time. Um, obviously moving houses is stressful for everyone. But um, the work that we did there was around trying to understand people's starting points and, and what they needed from us. Historically, they had always said, this customer is X and it, it really affected the way in which they were dealt with. And so we tried to use a lot of the data that we had and evidence that 
actually the customers are a lot more varied than this one type of customer that you think they are. And so using that data-led approach really helped us to expand and personalize the service um, across the board. And how do you go about finding out about your customers? Is it is it through research? Is it through, um, you've mentioned customer journey analysis. What are you doing to actually get to know your customers? I think always a healthy mix of quantitative and qualitative um, data gathering is good. Um, but I, I like to use a, a mixed approach. So it very much depends on, on what we're trying to do um, you know, within a specific project. But um, one thing that we're just about to do in uh, CIM is next month we're going out and doing a census. So we're going out to all of our members, um, professional grade and studying grade, and we're going to ask them, what is it that you want from us? And we'll be using a mix of quant and qual and going out and really kind of digging into what we can do to assist more, how we can help them progress within their careers um, or, or start in their careers um, when you look at our student membership. And we're building on all of that to, to kind of get a, a picture of what our, our current membership or, or our current customers want from us. The other side of that is that we're planning on going out to members of the marketing community who aren't members of ours and kind of asking them near enough the same questions and then getting those two data sets and comparing. So it's very much about kind of mixing up our approach to try and get um, some, some great data that we can actually use. Um, I'm always very, very conscious of kind of confirmation bias and, and being as open as possible with your questions. But of course, there's only so far you can go with that, isn't there? Because otherwise, um, you'd just be having quantitative data everywhere and then you'd, you'd never get to the root cause or, or kind of any answers out of your data if you just spend time looking at that all the time. I think we've all worked, I mean, most marketers will have done, will have touched market research at some stage, even if it's just somebody saying, put together a quick survey monkey. Um, and we've all worked on projects where um, data has been collected, quantitative research, qualitative research, and then it just sits. People get busy, other priorities come up, nobody has time to look at it, or it, perhaps it didn't tell you what you wanted it to hear. Also, all of those reasons are possible. How do you, as a um, as the Director of Customer Experience and Digital, make certain that the, what is discovered in the research is then actually used and it doesn't sit there piling digital dust? I think the first part of that is um, being very loud with what we're doing. Um, and so within the company, we're kind of going out and saying, this is what we're going to do. You know, hold us to account on this because we are promising that this is coming um, and all of this data will be um, available to you. It's then the conversations that we're having within the company um, and outside of the company as well, actually, um, to kind of say, this is coming, you know, um, or challenging people's ideas and decisions within the business to say, where's that coming from? Um, you know, where's the data to back that up? And I think that's definitely a culture shift that I've seen even over the last nine months that I've been here, is that people are asking why a lot more, um, which is always one of my favorite questions. Um, but uh, we're kind of, rather than just finger in the air, um, decision-making, or I think that decision-making, you know, we're, we're 
building that use of data to drive decisions into the culture and into the processes of um, the team or the, the wider team, um, definitely. To back that up, um, we have just uh, restructured um, or I've restructured um, my uh, departments around managing data and using data. And so I've just, uh, our digital side um, has just been restructured so that we have a team now that will constantly review, manage and own the data that's sitting within our systems. Um, and over the other side, kind of our customer facing side, um, we've just put in a customer experience team um, whose sole job is to continually review the data, um, share it across the business, be a part of projects, um, and, and ensure that that data stays as fresh as possible. And then just because that doesn't sound like enough um, that we're doing, we're also putting in an entirely new CRM system um, to manage a lot of the data that we have on our, our customers. How do you check how good and accurate that data is? Because this is always the problem with collecting data on customers um, or any data. It's keeping it accurate. Yes, of course. Um, data will always age rapidly. You know, really, it's only as, as good um, as the moment that it's entered. We are, for our, our current customers, um, we'll... As I said, we've got our new CRM system going in. We're then off the back of that um, kind of rebuilding our customer portal to enable customers to self-serve and to keep that uh, data up to date and fresh um, and enable us you know, to have accurate data straight away rather than having to constantly go out and get it. Um, on the other side, you know, you've got all the data that people wouldn't necessarily want to update or um, feel the need to update with us. And so we're looking at our kind of our data strategy and saying, right, where are our collection points around the business? How are we collecting data? How are we listening to both our customer base and the outside world? And we're reviewing that across all of the teams um, to ensure that we, we keep all of our data and our ideas really off the back of that data fresh and you you mentioned earlier and i didn't come i didn't pick you up on it you talked about um working uh, about measuring the impact of what you've done so how do you do that in a customer-centric way so we are using um our customer journey mapping to enable us to do that so we're mapping out all of our, our customer journeys, the different variations of them, um, and including, in fact, I've got them sitting all on my desk in front of me. Um, and so we, we've got those, those customer touch points and what the journey looks for it. Underneath, we're mapping out the communication, the behind the scenes, which teams are impacted. And then right at the very bottom, every single step um, in the journey map um, so I'm looking at my, my join journey map at the moment. Um, that has uh, a data point that we can collect and measure what's going on at the moment. Uh, so for instance, our, our join forms. Now I've got um, data points here around the amount of forms that are submitted, the amount of forms that are uh, approved, uh, 
the ones that are rejected, uh, the ones that either upgrade or downgrade from what they've applied for. And it's just getting those specific data points across the journey. So they mean something. I think that's that's the key um, to, to measuring it. It's like, make sure that your measurements actually mean something to the customer and you can trace back the direct impact of of that measurement on how the customer thinks and feels or or simply interacts with the business. I think that's a really interesting point that you're saying. It's it's measuring the effect on the customer. It's not as many businesses do measuring. Oh well, the customer comes in, and we'll look, we'll look at the abandoned shopping carts as though that's the customer's fault, perhaps, or we'll look at the number of forms we get in that are incorrect. What you're doing is very much measuring it from a customer perspective, if I've understood you correctly. Yes, definitely. Um, and I think a, a key part of any measurement is ensuring that it's not driving negative behavior for the for the for the team and for the culture of the business that's an, another key thing for me so uh, example in point thankfully when i walked in the door here um, they didn't have this uh, in in place but some businesses that i've walked into you know for a customer support team for example they are very much the how long did you spend on the phone to the customer how many rings did the customer um, have to make to get through? Um, what's your call abandonment rate, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And sometimes metrics that, that people are using can actually end up not ruining, but, um, but having a negative impact on the customer experience because kind of going back to those measurements I just mentioned, you may be driving a culture where your team are trying to get people off the phone as quickly as possible. And so if you're driving that behavior, then you're not guaranteeing that the customer has the right information they need or is pointed in the right direction for whatever you want them to do. And so that's why we all, all of our KPIs and all of our measurements all relate back to the, uh, the customer journey mapping and ensuring that they're supporting positive behavior um, and, and also giving us a constant feed of where we can make improvements and, and drive the customer experience even higher. Stu, Katie, that was a really interesting overview of customer centricity. If listening to you, somebody wanted to immediately um, wave a, a magic wand and become customer centric, would you have some top tips to us where to start? Oh, wave a magic wand and become that that would be amazing um i wish i was <laughs> able to do that um right back at the beginning of my career um i would say top tips um ask why is always my my number one um tip um i've just had a morning of asking why actually um you know, why are you doing something why do you want to change x y or z and making sure it, there's there should be a customer reason at the end of that. Um, it's not oh we're doing it to save money or we're doing it so we can cut headcount etc. You know, if you do that, you're going to have a negative impact on the customer. And so I think it's really key to to ask why and ensure that whatever the reason, it's customer focused. Um, I think my second tip would be uh, put in structure. I think people will often think that customer experience is it's all a bit happy clappy and just making sure that everyone is um, having a lovely time but 
actually a lot of customer experience is uh, based around data, you know, trawling through spreadsheets, um, trying to get to the bottom of, of problems. And so having structures such as journey mapping, et cetera, um, will really help you with that. Um, and then I think my last tip would be if you want to work in customer experience, I think the the key thing is that you need to be the customer champion, um, be that within the business, be that within your team, you know, depending on your level. It's that you have to ensure you are constantly the voice of the customer. Um, I can tell you from experience, you won't always be popular when you're going in and asking why and saying, but how does that affect the customer? Uh, in fact, you'll sometimes be the most unpopular person in the room. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, somebody has to be the voice. And so I think to work within customer experience, you have to take that on uh, and take that responsibility on yourself. Stu Cayley, Director of Customer Experience and Digital at the Chartered Institute of Marketing. Thank you so much for your time. That was very insightful. And I shall go back and have a look at customer personas again. Great stuff. It was great to speak to you, Kieran. The Cambridge Marketing Podcast from Cambridge Marketing College. Training marketing and PR professionals across the globe.